All right, let's do this. I'm going to pray. We're going to get into God's word. Thank you, Lord, for um, our community. Thank you for the love that you have here. Thank you that you're just kind of stirring things up, and, and um, we see you in it, God. And, and I pray that we would always be aware of where you're moving and that you would give us discernment to join you in that movement, that we would not be dragging our feet behind you. Lord, as we look at your word today, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. All right, let's just get right into 1 John 3, 16 through 18. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, Let us not love with words or speech, but in actions and in truth. This is the obvious rubber meeting to the road of what we looked at last week in in the verses of how that we know we've passed from uh, from death to life because we love the brothers and the sisters. And so what John is going to do, he's going to kind of make these pretty big statements, but then he's going to talk to us about what it looks like. This is about the church loving the church. This is about brothers and sisters in Christ loving on the brothers and sisters in Christ. And he wants to clarify. He wants to make sure we get this, what what it looks like. How it all fleshes itself out in, in our reality. And I do believe that it's very, very important for us to know what he's talking about. Because the testimony of the church, is, it's, it's in danger, I think, today because of it. Because there's just too much fighting between the brothers and the sisters. And John calls us to love each other. And so he's going to unpack it for us here. And he's keeping in style with the entire Bible. You've got to love the Bible because the, the Bible doesn't kind of leave us hanging. It's, it's very practical. It's very practical in, in how God and the things that God calls us to, the rhythms and the harmony that God calls us to walk in with him. And we have no excuse really to say, well, you know, I, I, I didn't know I needed to, or I didn't know that's what it, or, or really that's, that's what, I mean, it's, it's, it's in here. Everything that's in here that the children of God are living or should be living is is in the Bible. It's it's made very clear for us. But even then, it's like God knew, man. He he knew, like, I I love them, but I got to lay it out for them because they're a stubborn bunch. And so he lays it out for us. And even then, we can come up with some pretty, pretty good excuses of, I didn't know it said that. Did it really mean, does it, does it really mean that? And so the scriptures, they take us from this, this amazing place, these huge sweeping realities of, of, of heaven and eternity and salvation and the cross. But then it just kind of brings us right down into the everyday, into the nitty gritty of life, our everyday lives. And you know, I think many of us, we wrestle with this idea of, of loving the brothers and the sisters, I really do. I think that, um, that we all kind of have this check in our own spirit, especially one of the verses we looked at last week that always causes me a little bit of trouble. This is one we looked at last week. It said, we know that we have passed from death to life. And, and that kind of means that we know that we have gone from, say, not being saved into our salvation through Jesus Christ because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains 
in death. That's a pretty big statement. That's a pretty big, sweeping, large, you really, there's not a lot of wiggle room in it statement. And maybe, maybe you struggle with that a little bit. I, I mean, I, I struggle with that a little bit. Because maybe you know certain people that you just don't like. You know, that person that just kind of gnaws at you a little bit. And, and, and they just kind of aggravate you. And you just want to point in the, in the eye and just like send them on the, in the name of Jesus, of course. But you just want to give them that one good, you know, go away. And so you think of that and you look in your own heart and you just don't like this person. There's nothing in them that makes you like them. And then you, you, you do this heart check to go, have I passed from death to life? What, what is it in me that's keeping me from, from liking this person? Am I, am I Christian? Or maybe you just don't care. Maybe you're just like, yeah, I, I don't like him. That's why I need Jesus. And, and you just kind of fluff it over. And, and there's never going to be any real relationship there. I think we have to clarify before we go any further the difference between what love is and what liking someone is. Because there is a difference. And, and I would be willing to take this opportunity this morning to share with you my thoughts because I'm that nice of a guy and I like you. I'm going to share with you the difference that I believe between these two, these two ideas. Now, the scriptures do not call us to like each other. It says nowhere that, that we should like the brothers and the sisters. It commands us to love each other. It commands us that we, if we are God's children, we will love the brothers and sisters in the faith. And like is not some lesser degree of love. They're very different. They're two very different things. And I've spent a lot of time with this in, in a very, um, I'm not very philosophical, but I've read some philosophical type stuff between this. And, and this is where I, I think I have to, to come and, and, and land on. That, that like, like is, it's, it's almost, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's instinctive. It doesn't really take any effort to like someone or even something. It just, it just is. You, you like that person. It could be maybe uh, the chemistry between you or it could be some compatibility thing. There's a certain attraction to that person um, with, with their mannerisms or the behaviors and, and things like that. But, but like always seems to be, there, there's not a real engaging of the intellect in it. You just kind of, you're naturally attracted to that person. And so you like them. And then usually like is built around things that are very superficial. I don't mean superficial in a derogatory sense. I mean, just, just kind of like superficial, just kind of on the surface. You, you like that person. You don't have to know a person very well at all. And you could still like them because of maybe like, like the, the mannerisms, the, they're, they're funny, they're sarcastic. I love sarcastic people. I mean, that's, that's, that's the fruit of my spirit. And, and, but, but, you know, and, and so, um, and so we, we just kind of like them. But love, love is something that's very, very different. Love has, to be, love has to be taken in the context of the sacred. Love has to be taken in the context of God. You can't talk about love unless you put it in the context of what the Bible discusses it as, what the Bible describes it as. I think our culture has, has shipwrecked this idea of love because it, it just takes it and it says, I, I believe that in our, in our culture, it wants to call it infatuation because infatuation just comes and goes and it kind of ebbs and flows. Infatuation is the butterflies in your belly and you're feeling all giddy and, and, and you know, and that's, that's just not love. Or maybe we describe it as some intense 
like. Like, I really like that person. My son is, is 12 years old, and he's going through that phase with um, girls. And he really likes this one, and he doesn't like that one. And I said, well, what do you like about her? I don't know. Great. But love has to be weighed. Love has to be taken in the light of, in, in the context of who God is. Later on in, in chapter 4, John's letter, 1 John's letter, he's going to tell us that God is love. You cannot separate God from love. You cannot separate love from God. They are one thing. And so, as far as love comes, as love goes, um, we, we, as we press deeper into it, there's something about the intellect that, that connects love. It's something about the intellect that can actually... Um, encourage us to love each other because it goes beyond just feelings. It goes beyond infatuation. It goes beyond the butterflies. It goes beyond, you know, I, I feel woohoo about her or about him because it is about God and it is about something that's sacred and something that's, that's holy. Love, love penetrates into a person. It travels, it travels way beyond anything that's superficial. It travels beyond even what could be visible. It overcomes shortcomings and it overcomes obstacles and it overcomes all the excuses we have not to like someone. That's, that's, that's a God love. It's able to look past, it's able to look past what it doesn't like and has the ability to dismiss those things and to love the person. See, God love is a scandalous love. Because if it wasn't, then God would never be able to love us, the sinners that we are. God is love. And so it moves beyond and it presses into the things that are ugly and nasty about the person. And it looks and it sees and it knows that there's something else there. There's something else deeper in there. And so, and so in that, we engage our intellect a little bit more because we have this understanding. And, and we engage the heart a little bit more because we have this understanding that there's something beyond just what's on the surface of this person that I am called as a child of God to love them. Not just like them. Because, you know, love doesn't discriminate if it did, it would never get past the ugly. It would never get past the, the unniceness of some people, of your own selves. To love someone, in, in a biblical context, to love someone means that you look beyond the things that you might be aggravated about with them and you treat them as though you really like them. To love someone is to be in relationship with them and have patience with them. And there's, there's invitation. Love is never done from a distance. It always engages and it always acts. But here, you know, it's, it's our human reality. There are people, there are Christians that we, not, we might not even be remotely attracted to. And I don't mean attracted like, you know, hubba hubba, you're cute, attracted. But I mean like personality-wise. And, you know, there's, there's people that you might just, you know, there's nothing in you that wants, that, that, that makes me want to get to know you on any kind of level. In fact, you might even say that there's things in you that I, I don't want to get to know you. 
that oil and this water just ain't going to mix. So we just might as well not even try. But to love the brothers and the sisters is to treat them, treat them like you like them, to be in relationship with them, to invite them, to spend time, to have conversation. And that's something that's very different from what the world treats or acts like. If the world does not like you, people in the world do not like you. They are none too quick to tell you about it. And there is a separation If I don't like you, I'm not going to hang out with you. I don't want to know you. In fact, talk to the hand if face ain't home, like the Barney, leave the man, beep, you know what I mean? But we are called to something much deeper and much different. See, to love people in the sacredness of God, of the Bible, is to look past all the stuff that puts us off and treat them as Christ treats us with invitation and relationship, we see a brother and a sister and we, conscious, we are consciously brought to the place of loving them because of the work of the Holy Spirit in us and we know that the Holy Spirit is at work in them. And if you can say you're perfect and you have no faults, just leave. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Because we're all broken and we all have our own faults. And we are all unlovable in some area of our life. But we are called to love each other. So I want to kind of press into this verse uh, a little bit more. And uh, I'm, I'm going to start from the, from the bottom up. Verse 18 says this. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And so John's going to take this idea of loving people and, and he doesn't leave it in the idea world. He doesn't leave it, leave it in the phil, phil, philosophy world. He doesn't leave it just in, in this, this thought thing. He has to bring it down. He has to make it land in life, in the everyday. See, it's, it's easy to say that I love a person and, and actually never have a conversation with them. It's easy to love people, well, um, what we like to think is love from a distance, it's, I mean, we know that we're called to love each other. I mean, if you ask anybody that's been hanging around church or the Bible app for any amount of time, they'll know that the Bible says that we are to love people. But you cannot love someone from a distance. Love always acts. Love always engages. And so some people are just in love with the idea of, of love. And we know that we're called to love, but we become the masters of making excuses why we don't love and why we're able to disengage. I mean, let's keep it real. I'll bet that at least one time in your life you have gone to church. And you have sat in church and just have felt the love of God just kind of pour out on you. And, and maybe it was during the, uh, the time of singing. Maybe, maybe it was somebody was praying over you. Maybe it was a conversation that you had with somebody. Maybe, maybe just the, the words of the bald guy really just kind of sunk deep into your heart. But you experienced the love of God. And then you left this building. You got in your car. And before you even made it out of the driveway... You lived counter to that love. To somebody you just sat in the same church with. They aggravated you because they could have went before the car got there. Aha. <laughs> so John tells us, you don't love with words. 
You don't live with just thoughts. You don't live with ideas, but with actions and in truth. And I believe the truth is with, with your heart because we are talking about being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit in our heart and that we become children of God because of the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And that's where the truth of loving the brothers and the sisters comes. So if we're, if we're going to press this a little deeper, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot just love with words. Just like you cannot be a Christian by saying, I'm a Christian. You have to surrender yourself to the power of the Spirit. Allow Him to transform you. And then you walk with Christ. He calls you and, and He moves in you and He changes you. God's children live as God's children. Transformation takes place in our hearts. And then we begin to live that transformation every day. And we're not called just to love a few people. We're not called just to love the people that we have something in common with. We're not called just to love the people that we like. This is about loving the church. This is about loving the brothers and sisters in the church. This is about everyone. This is scandalously inclusive about the brothers and the sisters. It's not an optional outcome from our walking with God. This is who we are. This is what we're being transformed into. There's a story in Matthew 25 about uh, the king, and it talks about God separating the righteous from the unrighteous. And the king calls those who are blessed and says, come to me, those who are blessed. And this is Jesus telling a story. And, and uh, he said, you, you, you saw me when I was naked and hungry and thirsty, and you, and you saw me when I was in jail. You came and visited me. You cared for me. And they asked, well, wait, wait, when did we do that? And the king said, whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. And then it goes on to say, he calls the goats. He goes, man, you didn't, you didn't do a thing for me. When I was thirsty, when I was hungry, when I was naked, when I was in prison, when I was sick, you, you never cared for me. And the goats, well, when, when did we ever see you like that? Whatever you did not do for the least of these, you have not done for me. Love always acts. Love always presses in. And then he tells them, Go away. Uh, I, I don't know you. You see, it's not just about their actions, but it was about the posture of their heart. If you see a king, everybody wants to help the king, but he says, what you haven't done for the least of these, you haven't done for me. It's what's in the heart that produces our action. And what's in our heart should be transforming us to love the brothers and the sisters. Let me, let me read a couple more of these Jesus stories. Uh, Luke chapter 7. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived in a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wipe his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who's touching him and what kind of woman that she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will, have, will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You've judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? 
I came into your house. Did you not give me any water for my feet? But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been given, forgiven little loves little. Love always expresses itself. It's, it's, it's nature forces it into action. It always expresses itself. If there is no expression of love, then there is no love. One more. Matthew 18. Bear with me, my hand doesn't work right. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began to settle, began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. After the servant fell on his knees before him, be patient, or I'm sorry, as the, at this the servant fell on his knees before him, be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. But when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went to them and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jails, jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. Now, maybe you've, uh, you're asking, wait a minute, that, 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 that kind of sounds like that forgiveness is dependent upon our actions. I have to earn my forgiveness. No, it, it, it has nothing to do with that. You see, the person who has received God's forgiveness, a person who knows that they are a broken sinner and had, knows that they have been forgiven by the grace of Jesus Christ for his work on the cross, that person can only forgive from the heart. When, when, they, when they've experienced the love of God that comes into their life and it transforms them, their natural response is that they now love others, that they now can forgive others because they know how much that they have been forgiven. People who are, people who recognize their forgiveness are so broken by it and yet so amazed and grateful for it, they, they can't help but to love and forgive others. We are called to love the brothers and the sisters. The children of God act like children of God. And so how do you know that the love of God is in you? Because you are loving the brothers and the sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? And then verse 16. 
This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. You know, Paul does a, a, a great kind of commentary in this, in this exact vein. Will, would you put Philippians passage up there? Paul talks about Jesus when he says, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus saw the mess that we were in. Jesus saw that we had messed things up and that we were going to come under the condemnation of the father. His perfect justice had to be carried out. And in that, he had compassion on us from his heart, and he came to do something. He did not think of himself. He did not think of his position. Never once did Jesus look down and go, wait, wait a minute, I, I'm God. I'm not going down there. Look, those weenies had one thing to get right in the garden, and they messed that up. Why do I have to go down? He never thought about himself. But he gave all so that we can have all. He did not consider his rights. He did not consider his comfort. He loved in action. He loved from his heart. And that's what love is. He left the splendor of heaven to come here. It's what we'll celebrate in this table this morning. Love acts. Love gives. It expresses itself. It has to by its very nature. Or it's not love. You know, maybe, just maybe, and you know, I, I haven't really thought about the, the theology of what I'm about to say. And, and, and so, don't, you know, you don't have to hold me to it. And that's cool. But, but maybe that's exactly why God created the world. Because God is love. And if love has to express itself in an act, could that be why God has created the world? And he knew, he knew that there would be, his creation would spit at him, would reject him, would hate him, would kill his prophets, would have to kill his own son. But yet, love doesn't look at itself, but looks at the other. Could that be why God has created the world? Because God is love. And we are called to love. Go to the next verse, Will. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. How do we know we have moved from death to life? Because we love the brothers and the sisters. Why don't we let this be our meditation this morning as we come to the table? Why don't we let this kind of move in our heart and in our soul as you think about the love that has been poured out for you on the cross and how we can love the brothers and the sisters in action and in truth, in action and from the heart. I think many of you might have to first receive God's love this morning and know that you are loved because when you know you are loved it's so much easier to begin to love so take your time come to the table when you're ready and we'll take communion together